Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, you are listening to Your Dog's Best Life. I was going to attempt to pull a Carol Baskin and say, welcome back, all you dogs and puppies, and it just didn't roll off the tongue quite as nicely. <laughs> so we are here the week after 4th of July. And how was your how was your holiday? Oh, it was, well, I'm going to brag because I actually left town. <laughs> <laughs> I went oh. to the high country where it was cool. Yeah, it was 74 degrees yesterday up in uh, Cloudcroft, New Mexico, where I was. Okay, well, you know what? I'm sorry, but you just missed the delightful 110 that it was down here. Oh my gosh, so, I'm so sad. Well, thankfully, that'll probably happen again. <laughs> again. <laughs> um, like tomorrow? <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, I don't think it's a singular event. No, it was, it was no. wonderful, and I took... Um, I went with a friend, well, my husband, duh, and, <laughs> and who's also your friend, hopefully, <laughs> and a friend, <laughs> yes, my husband, friend, and a, an a, additional friend, and then we got to New Mexico, you'll like this, we got to New Mexico just in time for the news to break that New Mexico was now in a 14-day quarantine. Oh, yeah, nobody, <laughs> nobody <laughs> looked... <laughs> The governor, directly at us. And the governor made a proclamation that anybody arriving in New Mexico had to do a 14-day quarantine. And I'm looking at all these Texas plates in Cowcroft, because that's the closest mountain to most of southwestern Texas or northwestern uh -huh. Texas. And I'm thinking, I'm, I don't know how many people are not going to gas stations, but I'm going to say zero. Okay. So we did, we did try to clump as much as we could, because we had the RV, of course. And right. Uh, it was wonderful. And I took Cody, uh, the psychotic border collie. <laughs> I like the way I say psychotic border collie as though those aren't As if, as if that's not just a standard <laughs> issue, border collie. <laughs> so I took Cody and I took Tag Monkey uh, and I left the, I left Dice. So, um, and Ruby because I didn't want Ruby eating my friend because that's not a way to keep friends is to have your dog ingest them so I only took two dogs I felt really relaxed only have two dogs with me it was kind of uh -huh. nice so it was kind of interesting so on the way back all, honestly I, I ended up sitting in the back seat of the truck and I spent the whole ride back because you know how beautiful that desert is <laughs> between yes. Las Cruces and Tucson uh, googling OCD because uh -huh. I know I know so in, in behaviorism, it's very simple. If a dog does a behavior that you don't want to see, you find a way to interrupt and reinforce a non-compatible behavior. We, that's it. we know how to do that. We understand the concept of that. However, uh, the problem with me with that is that Skinner really shies away from emotion as a, as a driver of behavior. And all the Skinner people are going to call me and scream at me, but that's my understanding of, of behaviorism is that it, it kind of says, no, 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 behavior is behavior and emotion is a separate magical thing that doesn't really exist. And I get yeah. that. It's, it's fluffy. I get it. I get it. However, we know that compulsions are a thing because they are. Yep. And of course, Cody came to me with compulsions. She was, that's the reason she was rehomed is she's a shadow chaser and actually believe it or not i've been in the veterinary industry for f almost 20 years when i got her and i had never heard of shadow chasing 
Oh yeah. We, we didn't have, we didn't have German shepherds without jobs <laughs> in our hospital. And we had very few border collies and Australian shepherds and cattle dogs. And so we had, we had seen the compulsive behaviors, but this was just a new one to me. And what, for those of you who do not know what shadow chasing is, is when a dog fixates on moving light and shadow. So in her case, it can be leaves, the shadows of leaves in a bright sunny day on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, she fixates on insect shadows. She chases the vulture shadows. She's filled with hope that she's going to catch the shadow of vulture. Um, also, we all like, are. Yeah. <laughs> um, in my watch, you know, I have an eye watch and the shiny face when it's, you know, bright, shiny light. If she sees yep. that she's gotten better now with flashlights, I can run at night without her tripping and killing me on the flashlight so anyway so I don't allow her to practice this behavior as a rule of thumb I I'm not I I feel that it's it's a hard it's a hard judgment call because I feel like it doesn't make her happy to feel this emotional state right I don't I don't feel it's a happy feeling having said that we went on a picnic when we were camping like doubling down on the the awesome greenery and we picked this beautiful little green field with this little teeny creek brook thing I mean it was like literally something you step over and we let the dogs play and so tag tag attacked the water she discovered that water splashing is an amazing thing and she spent the entire time running up and down splashing water and Cody discovered grasshoppers and butterflies and was chasing the shadows of the butterflies for whatever reason, when I watch her do that, I'm thinking, oh, I think she's having fun. I mean, I, it's hard to separate that from chasing lizards, which we know dogs do, and they, for lack of a better term, enjoy it because they can catch a lizard because there's a reward at the end, whereas shadow chasing, light shadow, light chasing is frustrating to dogs because they'll never catch the light. Yeah. And so I let her practice that behavior for like two hours while we ate. And I took pictures of Tag, <laughs> like a thousand <laughs> pictures of Tag. And because I can't take pictures of Cody because she's just running around chasing these, these butterflies for that whole time. And then the next morning, Cody was not, she could not function. She could not function at all in the morning. She wanted to keep running into this little fake crappy dirt road thing because that's where she thought that the grasshoppers might be. And then on the way home, the entire drive home, she could not relax she had that frantic psycho border collie look on her face and she was focusing on like i had to take my watch off we had to move the iphone off the middle of the the Uh center console in the truck and i just started thinking i a i can't control the i cannot control the environment to the point where she's never permitted to practice this behavior i'm not really certain what alternate alternate behavior to create i mean what looking away. I mean, what, what, you know, I can have her come to me and sit, but that's, that sounds like a shitty life. So I just started thinking about what is, what is OCD? What is obsessive compulsive disorder? And we're going to use the human term for a dog behavior, which is going to cause some people have a stroke, but just calm down. <laughs> I'm not guaranteeing that dogs have the same emotional state. I'm just going to, we're just going to it's kind just of, for generalization, we're just going to roll ease this, of understanding. We're going to roll out this carpet and see how it goes. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm reading about obsessive compulsive behavior in psychology today. So I'm not reading it like on Wikipedia. I'm reading it in psychology today. And what I'm discovering is that in human beings, it's a, it's a form of anxiety. It's, it's, they think that they, 
they think that they have um, some of it's like they have too much control over the environment like they think that like there's like weird ocds that i was unaware of you know there's uh-huh. this is one we always think about with that show monk that was on with the hand washing we all kind of are familiar with that one where you're like germaphobic right and uh, you know compulsive hand washing Macbeth, <laughs> and <laughs> then but then there are other ones where people think that they will suddenly turn into pedophilia pedophiliacs or they'll turn into murderers and or they'll think of somebody murdering somebody and then somehow that person will just like keel over it's like there's some weird there's some weird things obviously we won't know that's like obviously not happening in dogs oh the human mind is fascinating and terrifying and terrifying terrifying. yes so i'm reading because of course i'm trying to find a way to wedge i'm trying to find a wedge in to find a way to help cody's brain because that's what's right that's the issue is Cody's in this state of heightened anxiety, I'm going to say anxiety, uh-huh. over, and in my, in my opinion, based on observation, is that it's anxiety, and it's based on a failure in her case to either capture the, the thing or control the thing's behavior. Because, of course, they've been, she's a border collie, and they've been bred for thousands of generations to control moving objects. So I think the obsessive compulsive behavior in her case is a lack of the ability to control you can't control light. It's right. never, never going to happen. So I'm reading the Psychology Today articles, and they're talking about how people can, you know, think of their worst, the worst thing that can happen. You know, like they, they'll, they'll take, they'll tell people, well, just get muddy. Just get muddy and don't wash it off. You know, like force themselves to not do the thing to show that you won't. That's called flooding. We don't like that. <laughs> to, apparently not in humans. It's, it's called, it's called therapy in humans. And it's, it's to give them the idea that, Look, I got dirt on me and I, my, I didn't die. So, of course, I'm sure in their brains they're like, well, still, you don't know I'm not going to lose 10 years of my life. I won't. I'll die at 70 instead of 80 because of this. But <laughs> so I started kind of going down that rabbit hole and I, I just because then I started well, thinking, oh, my God, well, what if Tag's behavior with I mean, Tag's behavior could just as easily with where she was. She was splashing in the water and attacking the white water, the splashes with her uh-huh. mouth and biting at it. And then she'd chase, I'm going to put that in air quotes, chase the water down the stream because it looked like she was chasing a stick, but she was literally chasing the reflections of the water or the, not the reflections, it was the water. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, did I let two of my dogs practice (laughs) obsessive compulsive behaviors all day? But of course, tag can, I don't live any place there's water. Uh, yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the desert. This is usually not an issue. <laughs> so, and still water, she doesn't bother with. I mean, she'll jump into still water and splat, and she likes to dig in water. She's always liked to dig in water, and that's just because she likes to dig in water. And so I just, it's just, it got me down this rabbit hole, and and I'm trying to to blend psychology, which is like all talking to people, saying, "Well, try this." Well, I can't tell Cody. I want you, Cody, to think about not. I want you to see a light and not respond. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I suppose if if you had the the perfect set of conditions, you could work on desensitizing and counter conditioning um the problem is there's this thing in the sky that we have a lot of here called the sun and you can't predict you know when there's going to be a shadow that moves that catches your eye or when there's going to be a reflection or you know any of any of those things yeah i mean Mm -hmm. she chased the reflections of butterflies and then you know it was funny because when you, you were saying earlier that you 
that was one of the few things that you were not aware of in the breed. And when I got my tag, who is also a Border Collie, um, that was the only thing I did know not to do. Like, I knew without a doubt with Border Collies, you never, ever, ever, ever played with a flashlight or a laser light with them, period. That was like a hard and fast, big rule in our house. I, I mean, I had no clue about the other stuff that comes along with owning a Border Collie, <laughs> but I did know that one. Um, and while I never, ever, ever have, so he's really good, um, there have been occasions where I haven't been paying attention and the light will reflect off my watch and he'll get really focused on it. He can turn it off um, because as soon as I notice it, I make sure that it stops. So he's not to the point where he'll do like shadow chasing or anything. Right, which he's aware side note by the way all of those cute videos that you post on facebook of dogs chasing lights and shadows there is not a single trainer out there that finds that adorable there was one that went around i guess like last year year before uh maybe it was older than that of a child in a one of those johnny jumpers in the doorway and the dog was quote quote jumping with the kid and bouncing and doing like that you know prey front oh. leg pounce Mm -hmm. But it was pouncing on the shadow of the child moving is what it was doing oh, um, obsessively. And it I can't tell you how many hopes and dreams of regular dog folk friends I had to crush when they shared that video. Mm -hmm. And they would tag me in it. And I'd be like, yeah, this isn't cute. It's a, um, it's a train wreck waiting to happen. Yeah. So I was very lucky in that tag didn't develop the light chasing, but he has he has other things that he hyper focuses on. So like you were saying with the, the splashing water, um, he intentionally swims like a moron uh, so that he can try to catch the water that splashes up from his front feet. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we took him camping with us one time to uh, Patagonia to the lake and we were lucky enough to get the the big island all to ourselves so the dogs can run around on this island they're not going to go anywhere right and he especially didn't go anywhere because he just ran out into the water and slapped the water with his front foot so that he could catch the spray that came up from doing that for hours at a time and that is not an exaggeration two to three yeah. hours at a time he would just sit there and go kerplunk and catch the water kerplunk and catch the water and it was great because i always knew right where he was <laughs> but also probably not the healthiest thing for me to allow him to practice doing um so was he so i have two questions because first so as a comment on the water thing, just as an aside for everybody who's not in the veterinary world, I was hyper aware of TAG's ingestion of the water, as I'm yeah. sure you were paying attention to as well, because yeah. dogs can get, I can't remember the, the term for it. Dry land drowning. Yeah, where essentially they, they over drink, they dilute their, their oh. uh, electrolytes to the point where they die. Yeah. Oh, uh -huh. there's that. Dry land drowning is also when they can inhale oh, the yes. water, they especially if you're especially if you're doing hose play, which that we'll get to that in a minute. No, yeah, it's not dirty. <laughs> it's not dirty. Stop it, all three of you who are listening. Um, but that's where they get water in their lungs 
from, you know, being so obsessed about trying to catch the water from the hose or from someplace else. Um, and then it, they, they essentially, they get a reaction to it and they, they drowned later. Yeah. No, while no. they're, while they're on dry land, they drowned. Yes. And um, it's very common for Labradors. Not very common. I mean, it, it happens almost it never, but you're, yeah. but if you're going to see it, it's going to be in a lab type dog where right. they snap at the water excessively. And owners of course are, are, they're not paying attention and cause it's fun and who cares. And, and generally 99% of the time they are correct. It is fun and who cares. It's if they keep swallowing it, that is the danger. And so I was hypervigilant about making sure she was snapping at it, but she really wasn't drinking. She wasn't gulping it down. She wasn't Right. So and my, I just want to make that as an aside is just be yeah. cautious, guys. If your dog likes to grab at water and you're seeing it actually going down the gullet as opposed to just snapping at it like they would say a snap at a fly, uh-huh. it can, it can be in aware. extremely rare instances be a fatal issue. Yeah. And I mean, fantastically, I also happen to get the only border collie on earth who can't catch. So <laughs> I actually didn't have to worry about him ingesting all that much water because <laughs> you can't it, catch it. No, no, not at all. I know. He's he's really got like, he got the short end of the stick when it comes to the Border Collie world. But um, yeah, so it's, it's interesting the, and this is not specifically a Border Collie thing, by the way. Um, Mm -mm. It is. No, not at all. Uh, no, but it, I mean, it's more common in them because, or it can be, because of the nature of their personalities. Um, most often it's associated with bull terriers. Like, that's just a absolute known thing in bull terriers. And, you know, you'll have to remind me. I'll see if I can track it down. Good Lord. I'll have to dig. But I have a video somewhere, actually, mm-hmm. of... Um, a patient that came in from the shelter as a, uh, you know, as a stray. Um, and we actually euthanized it for its obsessive leg biting behavior. So yeah. it would, you know, those other cute videos you see of the dog, like laying on the couch and growling at its back leg until it attacks it. Yep. Um, it would do that. That's not, um, that's bad. That's, that's real, real bad. It's yeah. real, real bad. And it's heartbreaking because... No, it's horrible. And because the rest of the time... so badly. Oh, it's so bad. And yeah. And the, I mean, the dog had to live in an e-collar to keep from yeah. injuring itself. And mm-hmm. the rest of the time when it was not obsessing, it was the sweetest, happiest little dog. But then mm. a flip would switch. A switch would flip. It would do both. Um, <laughs> and And the dog just wasn't home anymore. It wasn't there. And that goes to what you were saying about it's it's not a happy behavior. It's yeah, not cute. It's so. not fun. The dog is not having a good time. I mean, it may start out as a good time. And that's the problem. Like I said, when I was watching Cody, because lizard chasing is fun. Dogs enjoy chasing lizards and dogs enjoy, even dogs who chase bees love chasing bees. That's what they do. But at some point when Cody was doing it, it's, it is, and again, and I think we can kind of we can kind of take a step back here and talk a little bit about what what we're talking about with OCD behaviors to start with. So, because because there is that line. So, an OCD behavior 
in dogs, the ones we see most commonly, and you can jump in if I forget one, is, and there are breed, like like Emily was saying, there are breed predilections um, for some of these. Yeah. So shadow chasing and border collies, I've seen it in German Shepherds, and I've seen it in random mixes. And obviously it can happen with any dog, so don't ever use a laser pointer, ever, ever use a laser pointer with dogs. I always say that cats aren't smart enough to realize that they can't catch the laser, so they have a lot of fun. Dogs are smart enough to realize they should be able to catch it, and the frustration is very upsetting. And yeah. Co- in Cody's case, this shadow chasing actually led to her biting a child and being rehomed. So, I mean, it could have caused her to be euthanized. Yeah. And... And I've seen dogs who were euthanized for it because they become so frustrated and aggressive because they can never catch the lights that they they have to they redirect and they attack yeah. people. Yeah. So any of these behaviors can end up in euthanasia, sadly. So the the that's what we commonly see in border collies, sometimes in shepherds, and sometimes I've seen one or two in healers. The other one, the the other big common one that you'll see lots of videos of is, and this I've seen mostly in German shepherds, is tail chasing. Uh-huh. Where yep. they just, and it starts off with the person, all puppies discover their tail at some point. And they're like, oh my God. Nah. <laughs> Look not at that. Not Aussies. <laughs> well, the, okay. All, all right. Not, a, not Aussies without tail. <laughs> no, no, it, with it, tails. <laughs> it is a thing that happens. They suddenly go, oh, what's that moving back there? And then they chase it. And, and, it's, and, it's, and we think it's cute. So we go, oh, that's funny. Ha ha. And, and it is in puppies. It's nothing, there's nothing. Don't correct your puppy for that. But it can become, it can accidentally become reinforced by owners because it's funny. And then it can flip into, it can flip that switch. And we're going to probably uh-huh. talk a little bit about that switch because I don't think it's something anybody really can see. And the thing that was cute at first ends up, and I'm sure, Emily, you've dealt with this multiple times, tail amputations. I mean, yep. we've, had, we've had multiple tail amputations. And I'll tell you guys, here's the deal. If your ta- dog injures the tip of their tail, the odds that you're going to have to amputate way up at the top are incredibly high. Yep. You can spend months yep. trying to save the tip of the tail. Like when you have happy dog syndrome uh-huh. where a dog just wags its tail so badly it bangs the crap out of it and they end up, that's a Labrador thing. Yeah. Is, and a pit is, bull thing. Oh, yeah, pits. <laughs> yeah. Usually the bruises on the humans are <laughs> the big thing with pitties. But yeah, it, they get the happy tail and they smack that tail against things until they bust it open. And it never heals. We, we've tried, I mean, we've tried everything on the tips of those tails and it just, it never heals. And you end up chasing and chasing. You're literally, you're chasing your tail. You're chasing, trying to get that thing to heal while the dog continues to do whatever they're doing. And you're going to end up amputating and leaving two or three vertebrae and that's it. So it's not something to mess around with. Um, so that can be, that can be an obsessive behavior, shadow chasing that we already discussed, ball chasing, which we've discussed in other podcasts. And again, I think that's another place where we can really pay attention to that switch. Uh Hose, water hose chasing. Yep. Um, it's definitely attacking water. Spinning absolutely can be an obsessive compulsive behavior. Um, dogs who gaze at like the fan movement oriented dogs who just Uh, gaze endlessly at the ceiling fans um not as common but um seen often in my house uh cat staring so tag will find a cat and become (laughs) fixated on it and he doesn't chase he absolutely doesn't chase he just stares because eventually the cat gets uncomfortable and moves and then he can follow it 
Right. So, so he's, he's essentially slow motion hurting. <laughs> slow motion hurting. Um, that translated to when we lived in New York, uh, the litter box was in the basement. So we just put a cat door in the basement door. And he happened, because this is my world, happened to walk past that door right as a cat came out <gasps> of it. It's a magic door. It was a magic door. And so then that translated into, and this is a good demonstration of how this can become a slippery slope and you really do have to pay close attention. Um, because that happened, he then became obsessed with staring at the cat door. If there was not a cat around to stare at, he would stare at the cat door um, to the basement. So it if you're... If your dog is prone to OCD behaviors, it absolutely is a, can be a single learning event type situation. Um, so you really do have to be aware of that. And, you know, just, it, just know that, that that could be something you're, you're facing. Because he literally walked past the door one time, cat popped out, and he was like, oh, must stare at door, cat will pop out. <laughs> pop out that's awesome yeah so it's just it's not meant to be like this is not necessarily a common thing that people deal with the average pet owner deals with anyway um like i said if you own a bull terrier you probably is more common in your world but it or is something to, breed. or any hurting it's something to really be cognizant of so that you can be on top of it right from the beginning um and Honestly, the easiest way I've found, and you know, this is true, I am a lazy trainer, but the honestly, the easiest <laughs> way I've found to deal with it is to make sure that they're not in that situation ever. Yeah, to stop it. Um, to, to practice it. So, mm -hmm. you know, the one time I saw him staring at the, the cat door, um, I put up baby gates. Like, nope, you cannot have access to that anymore. And then I had to put a blanket over the baby gate so that he couldn't see through the baby gate to the to the cat door. Um, but it was, you know, it was management mostly. It, it is. And so, and I think part of what, I think part of what we have to understand about obsessive compulsive type behaviors in dogs is, is what, because it's always, you know, what, you know, WTF, what's the function? Why is the dog doing the thing that they're doing? What is the Actually, function? Actually, it applies, both definitions apply in this particular case, because both usually WTFs. That's, the, that's usually the first thing that the pops out of my one. mouth when I see it happen. And the, fun, and, and of course, we can only, we can only assume the, fun, I mean, we can, we know the function in some cases. Obviously, if the dog is chasing the tail, the function is to catch the tail, which seems illogical. And because it hurts. I mean, it, when it starts off as a puppy, they, they don't bite themselves hard enough that they injure themselves, obviously. And it's a game. And same with tennis balls, you know, or, or any throwing of any object. It, the, the object is to catch the object. And the, and the object in light shadow chasing is to catch the object. And then the object of obviously water chasing or eating your back leg or staring at the cat door is to, is to catch that object or to control your environment. And mm -hmm. Where the issue comes in is not just, it's the failure of the dog to be able to anticipate the arrival and departure of 
the triggering event. So in your dog's right. case with the cat flap, it's when will the magic happen again? It's like he's sitting there at the casino uh-huh. door waiting, waiting yep. for the jackpot to come again. In Cody's case, it's the shadows of the moving insects. They appear and, and disappear randomly and can never be caught because she's not catching the bug. She's catching the shadow and you can't right. catch a shadow. And so it's very frustrating for her. And in, in a case of ball chasing, because of course most people, 99% of people listening are probably never going to have a dog who shadow chases. They're never going to have a dog who I've ne- I've never owned a dog before Cody who shadow chased. I certainly don't ever intend to own another one. And I've never owned a dog who did any other compulsive behavior except for ball. But ball is actually a very common compulsive behavior. And I think that is one where people, there is that, there is that moment when the game become, goes from fun and games to, I must have the thing. I must Uh control the environment. And then you have the dog who spends the whole time, your whole, its whole existence staring at the ball, moving the ball, transporting the ball, staring at you with the ball, squeaking the ball in your face, shoving it in your lap. Picking it cannot, up, shoving it in your lap, picking yeah. it up, shoving it in your lap, picking up, shoving it in your lap. Yeah. We don't know anything about that at this house. Not at all. Nothing <laughs> like that. And that is that is incredibly common for any high drive dog because people yeah. and we've it's talked an about adrenaline this. dump. It's yeah, an adrenaline it's dump to especially for like a herding dog. Oh okay, something just moved really quickly. I could move really quickly and then get it and bring it back and it happens again. And for a herding dog, things that move really quickly, it, it's absolutely an instant adrenaline dump. It just is. It's just like, bah! and then they can do it over and over and over again. It's like being able to, you know, take a hit, basically. Um, but it's also really, really, really easy to tire your dog out that way. Yeah, at first, it is. No, at it is. first, and then you have, <laughs> yeah, then you have a well-tuned dog. athlete who can chase a ball for four hours. And I actually... Side story, my first border or my first Aussie would love to chase a tennis ball. She would chase a tennis ball for hours. And I know this because I took her to daycare. And when I picked her up, I was like, so how was she? And this daycare was in a giant warehouse-like facility. The owner was like, well, she should be tired tonight. She chased the tennis ball for two and a half hours. He sat there. He sat there with a tennis racket and would just hit the tennis ball for her. Oh, my God. Yeah, and that gets us down the slippery slope of why I loathe, loathe daycares. Well, and the thing was, is you know, why do people take their dogs to daycare to tire them out, right? Yep. So that's what he was trying dogs. to do. Yeah, and yeah, so Not that so was much. that's a whole that's a whole thing. But yeah, <laughs> it is. It's, but Let's it's like if you're just your average dog owner. Jesus, that's like 98% of the reason people get a dog is so that they can play fetch with it in the backyard, right? Like there is, that's like the third most apple pie American thing, you know, apple pie, hot dogs, and throwing a ball for your dog in the backyard. Um, But, you know, for a lot of dogs, it can be fine. Like my one Aussie will chase the ball three or four times and then he's like, meh, it's hot and I'm tired and the little one keeps running me over anyway, so I'm done. But for two of them, they will go until they have actual heat exhaustion. So 
it's it's again you just have to know your dog and know what the signs are that you're looking for and no and again and again and i think this is the hard part and this is the part that we have to study and we have to pay attention to because then the emotional component comes in because the reason nate my husband really really wanted to keep ruby is because he wanted a dog who fetched that was his big thing. We have all these border collies. They're all broken. None of them fetch. Uh, tag fetches, but I'd never done it at the house because I don't play ball here. I'd done it at the dog spot in town. And I'd never done it at home. She has plenty to do here without fetching. So he didn't really realize that she fetched. And so he's like, ah, oh, she's a fetching dog. <laughs> like that's, that's not really a real reason to get the biting Aussie, but okay, sure. So that's one of the reasons. And that and she was cute. So, because that's really rare in Australian Shepherds. Hey, now. Being cute. No, they're fucking hey adorable. They're all cute. It's, oh, okay. It's like saying I, I kept Your sarcasm was so sarcastic. I couldn't. It went all the way around. <laughs> no, you were like, I'm going to kill her. No, I think I think Aussies are, uh, I, think they're, I think they're beautiful. I love them. I've, this is the third one I've had. I mean, they're beautiful dogs, and she's super cute. She's got this adorable face. She's got the blue eyes. She's got the fuzzy ears that stick out. I mean, she's adorable. And But I'm like, I don't think cute and ball catching are probably the primary reasons to keep a dog. But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, it worked for us. But and she And she plays, and she enjoys it, but she's also a dog who really struggles with going over threshold. Uh, yeah. There's, there's a hair trigger on this dog that she's, she, and in her case, relaxation in the presence of any of her dozens of triggers is not a possibility. And that's how you know that your dog is obsessive. I mean that if you want to know if your dog's obsessive, put a tennis ball down in the house and see what happens. If your uh-huh. dog cannot walk past the tennis ball or ignore the tennis ball. If you're if you own a border collie and it just sits there and stares fixedly at the board at the ball, your dog is probably well in the way to an obsessive behavior. Now, that does not mean it's the end of the world. Tag is absolutely obsessed with the tennis ball. Absolutely. But she has a couple things happen. The first is the environment does not rain tennis balls. So I control her environment. We don't live in a tennis ball enriched so <laughs> I don't have to worry about her being obsessed with tennis balls because they're not common. Whereas Cody or a dog who chases their tail, so a dog who chases light or chases their tail or any other body part, their, their own leg, um, those dogs are tougher, a tougher right. situation because then you're, you've lost their, that, their obsession you, comes with them. Right. And you have no, it's harder to control. And that brings me to the conundrum. So the way I can, so the way that we can, if we're going to ignore psychology, if we're going to pretend that we can't work within the the realm of psychology, because I can't sit down with Cody and say, I'd like you to imagine that you can control the light, or I want Uh you to imagine that all the light escapes and who cares? I want you, I can't give her this anxiety releasing conversation because she's a dog. And I don't know what her exact anxiety is. I can assume that it's lack of control of the environment, but that's not a given. I mean, I'm just guessing. But there's no way I can sit down with her and have a heart to heart. Cody, I want you to reach down into your mind and think about a time <laughs> when you yeah. lost control of the sheep. And lo and behold, you're able to get them back again. Instead, 
what we need to do is now we have to go to behavior. We have to go to behaviorism and we have to go to what is the dog doing and how do we deal with the dog doing that behavior? And we're going to have to set aside the emotional component that drives the behavior and try to control the behavior on the other end. And again, that is easier said than done when you're dealing with things like, like I can assume for the rest of Cody's life, she will in times of stress or times when I accidentally allow her to practice a behavior, she will shadow chase. Uh, she's come a long way. She can function outside. She used to not be able to function at all. Like if you let her outside, she'd immediately like start staring. And it, in her case, it was any contrast. It could be the con just any shadow, any light and, and dark shadow contrast. It didn't even have to be moving. It could just be still and she'd fixate on it. I'm like, Cause it have, might move. Cause I'm like, you're going to have a really long day. My, my dog, <laughs> if you're staring at the shadow cast by the car, you know, <laughs> or, yeah. but, yep. um, but anyway, it, it's something that we, we have to be able to control the environment. And obviously then it comes down to a couple of things. First is stimulus control. If you see the stimulus, what do you do? And again, that's easier with the tennis ball. If the tennis ball is, I see a tennis ball, but my parents taught me that unless they say, unless they go get the ball and walk outside and throw the ball, nothing will ever happen with the ball. Right. That's stimulus control. It's teaching stimulus control. And that's what Tag has in the house. Like if there's a tennis ball in the house, she won't stare at the tennis ball in the house because she knows that never, ever, ever in the history of the whole world has a tennis ball been thrown in the house. It's just, right. that's not an option. And we are starting the very- Which by the way, this is- virtually impossible if you have anybody under the age of 20 in your house right no kids you're done just hang it up yeah that's that's tough and that again and 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 you can end up with a dog who has different stimuli control so you can have a dog who this happens with uh gene pulling this is always a good thing is anybody who owns a healer well any puppy but it gets worse with healers is any puppy will at some point discover that if you're walking through the house and you're wearing jeans, if they grab the jean, it becomes the magical tug toy because it keeps moving. Mm. And, and generally not only does it keep moving, is it because the struggle becomes pretty real because the owner of the jeans <laughs> doesn't want the puppy hanging off the jeans. Yeah. So the puppy is now totally engaged in this awesome game of tug. Oh my God, look at what they did. We're going to play this game. Yep. And we owners accidentally reinforce this by squeaking and running away and making it the more a more enticing game than their pull pull sideways sideways tug game because uh -huh. they're committed to the end this is a big jjack thing so if you want to hear more about that you have to go to his podcast grc dog sports um he's yeah. all over how to play with dogs and he's freaking phenomenal but anyway uh note to my future puppy owners uh we nipped that in the bud already so you're welcome Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Oh, I forgot. How old are your puppies now? Are they seven? seven? weeks. <gasps> seven weeks. Yep. Yeah. So they just recently started, like, especially when they're out loose, they, you know, they love to chase after pant legs. Um, and the first time it happened, I froze and screamed like a puppy. And they were like, that game sucks. I don't like that game. Um, <laughs> and it, yeah, it's, it's so that is not a thing for them now, you know, sleeves and various other pieces of clothing, maybe, but pet legs, you got covered. So um, that's my plug. That is my plug for find a really good breeder for your dog, because they will help you with those sort of things. But and anyway, I, and absolutely, if I'd gotten Cody as a puppy, we wouldn't be facing these problems. 
I don't think. I, I probably I not. I don't I mean, think I'd be facing these problems with Cody. There was, you know, I got my tag as a eight week old puppy, and we avoided quite a bit of them. But some of them are just, some of them are just there. Well, and some of them. I mean, let's be honest. Some of them are cute. Okay, yeah. Co- tag attacks water out of the hose, and I think it's wicked cute. So does mine. I do. Yeah, so I does my cute. tag. I thought, oh, I finally have a dog who chases water. And it's not, and she, again, again, the big thing is stimulus control. So in her case, she, I can, I, because I don't want a dog I can never water, because I don't have a drip system in my property, because A, I've, there may have been multiple plant murders, and so there's almost nothing alive left in my property. Uh-huh. And the second thing is, is that I know, even if we could jackhammer through the granite, the dogs would dig it up. They'd be like, oh, look, yep. there's a gap in the, ja- in the granite. Let's dig down and find out. Oh, look what we found. We found a magical snake, and we're just going to keep pulling. Yep. So I don't, have, I don't have a drip system, so I have to actually water the few remaining plants I have left. And I don't want, like if Ruby's outside, because she has no stimulus control, she will attack the hose. Like m- she is merciless about attacking the hose. And in her case, I do a, use a ton of social pressure because it, it frankly pisses me off. I don't want a dog screaming at me and attacking my hands. And she's bitten me and drawn blood. Uh-huh. And I, that was not a good day for either one of us. Yep. And so, because she just, she just can't. And, and that's, and that's what stimulus control is. So stimulus control is, and I think we talked about this earlier is that's red light means go. <laughs> <laughs> Does it? Self, don't ride with Leanne. <laughs> <laughs> Have I mentioned I'm tired? Did I mention I, did? I drove all day yesterday? Um, red light means stop. Red light Green means light go when you don't have stimulus control. <laughs> right. So the stimulus for stopping is red. The stimulus for going is green. And so for dogs, the stimulus is whatever is presented in the case of a hose. The stimulus is the hose. And the default position is don't attack the water, is don't do the thing that will cause mom to scream and yell at you in a purely positive manner Uh, (laughs) good doggy stop it or i'll kill you yeah yeah um um, so that so i can so they can function and and i i really i keep thinking so that so i'm actually going to walk through an idea that i've had with cody and the and the the shadow chasing and we'll see i'm kind of curious to see what your thoughts are on this because okay. I've been thinking about this for a while because this is a problem that is, is consistent with her. And again, the issue with shadow chasing, just like dogs who chase their tails, I can't control access to shadows. Right. I mean, I can't to some extent. I mean, that's the reason she spends most of the time inside when all the fun is outside. I've actually thought of, so stimulus control means that, and one of the ways we use stimulus control is for reward acquisition. So... I'm going to forget the name of the person who invented this. Damn it. Zen Bowl. Yes. Okay. So uh, I want to say... Uh, 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 I can Google Grisha, it. Grisha Stewart? I don't think so. But maybe. No? I can Google okay. it and we'll put it in the show notes now okay. that we have the technology. So God, we're, we're terrible trainers. Okay, know, go ahead. I know. I know. So anyway, I even, I even freaking watched it at the IAABC conference. I One moment, I watched please. her thing. <laughs> Zen Bowls. <laughs> So anyway, so in a Zen bowl situation, the way that works is you're training your dog and there's actually a bowl of, with a treat in it or food in it already in the room on the floor, which every Labrador owner in the world is going, are you freaking kidding me? 
<laughs> so, so that's the reward. And you teach the dog. Now, you don't start there. That's ridiculous. You start, you know, you start. This is incremental training like any other training. And you slowly, incrementally get to the point where the dog can function in the, in the presence of the ever-present reward. The dog does the thing that you want. And you, and you say, yes, get it, or whatever your cue is. And the dog goes to the Zen ball, receives the reward, and comes right back to work. That is an incredible impulse or uh, stimulus control. And so in that case, the stimulus is the bowl in the middle of the floor that the dog, of course, wants to access. And the control is to not just go there and snarf all the food <laughs> while you scream helplessly at the, in the side of the room going, no, no, Fluffy. <laughs> so... So I've considered this. I've considered all, using a flashlight, not a laser pointer, because I think they're too, they're too much. And Cody can function around a flashlight. Using a flashlight as a stimulus control and having her see the flashlight, look to me, receive a reward. And use it as a way to teach her that she can, that she has the power. Because, of course, we talked about this earlier. It's about anxiety and the lack of control. So once you've learned you have power over your environment, you no longer have anxiety and lack of control. And so if she learns that she can look away from the light. So you're using, you're just going to turn the light into a bridge, basically. A bridge yeah, marker. Yeah, essentially it's a cue. It's yeah. a cue to look at me and receive But the problem is... Yeah, thank you. Because I don't know how I'm going to play with this. Generalizing that, it's going to be really, really difficult because light from a flashlight is different than reflected Every light. Different than, bugs. and I mean, yeah. you can you build that if you build that base really, really strong with a flashlight, and then maybe put um, like like a filter over the flashlight so it changes the color, and then maybe put like a pattern over the flashlight, and start with that right. so that you can control it, and then you can slowly start to transition it out of that I think I think you have a better chance of doing it that way um, and you have a better chance of achieving that result when you get out into the real world definitely um, I mean yeah that <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the tough. problem there's I a see, reason well, no yeah, one I, solves this problem without just shutting the dog down Right. And the other problem I see with that is the same problem I developed because I'm so talented as a trainer with later, um, which was loose leash walking. I inadvertently created the behavior chain of hit the end of the leash, turn around, come get oh, a treat, hit the yeah. end of the leash, turn around. So I can the see the ping pong dog. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so I can see, which by the way, we fixed. So stop. No, no, that can be there. easily fixed. No. And yeah. actually I, 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 I absolutely train that way. I, I, I let them hit the end of the leash. That's a cue to come back to me. And I just, I use, I use their laziness <laughs> to make them start thinking about, thinking about hitting the end of the leash, then defaulting to come back to me. And yeah, sadly later it never gets lazy. But the, <laughs> the fun part was as a trainer going, oh, look what I did. Huh. That's kind of cool. Um, but I can see that happening with a flashlight too, if you're training for this particular thing, because I can see, look at the light, look at mom, look at the light, look at mom. Oh, right. So, it'd be, so it changes almost more of a more of a thing than the thing already is. Right. So it just transfers the obsessive behavior from staring at the light to looking at the light to look at you. So exactly. it's, no, and that's I think that's a very because again, when you look at, I mean, you, you could at... you could what you could do though is you could do a look at the light, turn your back to the light. 
a full a full change, a full, full commitment like, to walking, essentially walking away from the thing. Right. I need full, you to yeah. I need you to absolutely deny it, deny it, like make it physically impossible for you to do the thing that it is you want to do. So, you know, I mean, same reason we train, we train four on the floor for jumping up. Like you can't jump up if you're sitting. Um, you can't chase a light if you're not facing it. Exactly. Exactly. And, and again, this is why I, I, but again, that could turn to spinning. So, no, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, no, she's lazy. She spinning's not her thing. Thankfully in this dog's case, that's never going to be a thing that would never, that would never be a thing. She would definitely, I mean, I, looking at me could become a thing and looking back and forth because of course, did she only come with shadow chasing? Why? No, she also came with massive leash aggression to other dogs, like, football fields apart she sees the slightest shadow of a dog and she would completely absolutely flip her shit and go berserk and turn into this little tiny micro cujo where you're like dude really and we've worked on that worked on worked on and really worked on it and she's gotten to the point where actually when we were camping she was able to go we were about maybe 50 feet from two manchester terriers that were terriering you know, barking and yapping and being held by their mom and rah, 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 rah. and she was able to mostly walk past them without screaming and whining. Well, not, she pulled a little bit and there was a little bit of whining, which is a huge, huge deal. So, yeah. but at some point in there, I accidentally did train because that's the, we, I was about to say the, that's where look at that can become problematic. A, another system. Right that I'll have to remember who, who created that one. I think it's, I think that's one's Leslie McDivitt is look at that. And yeah. or Susan that. Garrett. Oh, is it Susan Garrett? No, I think it's Leslie McDivitt. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to, okay. We'll, we yeah. will again, look this up and it'll it be in controlled, our new... Whoever, it was controlled and leashed, whoever That's Leslie McDivitt. That's, Le- okay. that's her. Cause I just bought the book. So okay. I accidentally bought this. We are book. the worst. <laughs> terrible i don't know the name i i I, apologize (laughs) to all of these amazing trainers who have come up with these amazing protocols and i swear to god they're all in my head we know the the names are all and the names are all in my head they just just don't always go together randomly yes yeah it's a random attachment so so anyway yes apologies to whoever so so anyway so that's one of the issues that i think can easily happen to look at that is the dog can then start seeking out the scary thing and become more obsessed with looking at it. And I do think that there's a slippery slope that could occur with, so it, let's say you're slightly frightened of spiders. There's a perfect example. So you're, 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 you just suddenly woke up in the world and there are spiders. I mean, this is not a developed behavior. You're the very first time you're like, what the hell is that? And you go, whoa, what is that? And you kind of spook a little bit. And your trainer says, aha, Emily is scared of spiders. We're going to teach her look at that. And so every time, now you live in a world that has spiders. So now every time you see a spider, arbitrarily, you don't even notice that you're seeing a spider, but the person, the person's like, oh, look, you saw a spider. Here's something. Look, there's a spider. And now you become like, well, what the fuck is the story with spiders? (laughs) Yeah, really? Now I'm going to notice them everywhere. Thank you. Yeah. And it might not be that, I mean, your, your emotional state, wasn't bad in the first place. So it didn't really matter. So your emotional state when you first saw it was, whoa, what is that? And now you're like, well, obviously spiders are a thing. Now I need to start paying attention to them, but now I'm getting paid for it. And now I'm like this, I've got this emotional, like 
what the fuckery going on because right. how do I feel now, about now, the thing? Is it is it should I be paying attention? You're telling me that it's scary, but you're also telling me I'm going to get fed for it, and so I understand that I I don't get it, and so I think we do have to be super duper cautious. That's my high tech term, super duper mm-hmm. cautious about that, so that we don't accidentally create uh, a, the wrong emotional situation or a behavior chain that we don't want to have. I'm going to say that if you have a dog that demonstrates obsessive compulsive behavior and you are not able to manage that environment, if you do not have that dog on some sort of behavioral medication, you are being cruel. Unless you're me with Cody who does not have run a behavior medication. <laughs> However, you are able to control that environment. To some extent. To most, yeah. Ex- yeah, to most of her, most of her, she probably practices it once a week or so. But if you have a dog who is a spinner, or if you have a dog who, well, who's going to do self-injury, a dog who's attacking. Self-injury or. or if, human injury. Or if you have kids in the house and it's just going to happen. I'm sorry. Little yeah. humans are unpredictable little. What they are. Creatures. Let's go with creatures. <laughs> creatures. Um, it, it's just, and it's not a, it's not a, like, a personality defect or a judgment on your ability to train dogs or anything like that. It is a legitimate mental illness type situation you're dealing with. Um, and I think to deny medication in that situation is cruel. Because like we said, I don't think the dog's having fun. No, I don't like, no. like I said, you know, maybe it starts off as enjoyable, but it's not by the time it reaches that level. It's not a fun thing. If you ask anybody that has to, you know, wash check your hands the, 10 times or check, yeah, or, or five check times. the check the lock on the way out, you know, do, you know, rituals and repetitive behaviors. If you ask them, it's they're not enjoying it. They just can't not do it. Like the the lack of the behavior is far more painful than the behavior. So, so so one of the 10 articles I read on the way home uh, on OCD when it was, is actually really good. It was about, it was a, like five signs or something like that, that you, cause everybody uses the term, Oh, you're OCD because somebody like checks their like, Oh my God, did I forget to turn this yeah. off and goes back to their yeah. house? But that everybody does that. Okay. If you're halfway sane, you do that. I'm bad with the hose. I'm terrible with the hose. Oh my God. Did I, am I drowning the chickens and flooding the whole mountain and draining my well? All, so all you're the one, one that go. I, you're the one that I need to post on that that Facebook meme. I don't know who needs to hear this, but go turn off the hose. That's me. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. I've called my neighbor. I've called my neighbor for the hose, and I've called my neighbor for leaving the, the bedroom window open on a possible monsoon day. Yeah, those are my two, and she's called me twice for her oven. So, because of course we live in the middle of nowhere, and so we the only have people we can. And we all yep. we all know how to get into each other's houses. So, anyway. And, the, and so one of the things that we have to, or one of the things that she talked about was if the, if the behavior interferes with your normal daily life, that's a sign that it's a problem. That's when it yeah. flips over into you're just a normal human being who's conscientious to this is becoming an issue. When you're compulsively late for work because you had to go check the hose 15 times to make sure it was really off. Right. That's the sign. And so that's, and that's what I started looking at with, with Cody. And so again, we're driving home. So the day before I'd accidentally allowed both dogs to perform behaviors that could either, either be described as compulsive or could easily be 
flipped over from fun and games to compulsive. And again, right. I don't think anybody knows where that line is. I, I think that line is very hazy and fuzzy, and I think it's very difficult to see. But I'm looking at the dogs on the drive home, and so this is their normal life. They're driving in the back of the truck. This is nothing abnormal. Um, they were in the back seat with, and the floorboard of the truck with me, and Tag is knocked out. She's flat, dead to the world because she'd had so many wonderful adventures. And Cody is obsessed. She cannot function. She's freaking out about every light. And that is not normal for her. That she right. normally travels fairly well in the back of my car or the truck or, you know, any vehicle. Not great, but generally she can, she can lay down and relax. And so that was what triggered me to say this is... A, the behavior that she was exhibiting yesterday that I thought was her having fun, it was actually a compulsive behavior. Um, mm -hmm. And B, it is interfering with her life. Right now, she should be sleeping. Right. Yeah. And, it's, and she's clearly exhibiting a, a behavior of increased stress. Oh, it was anxiety. It was pure yeah. on anxiety. She was freaked out. When is the light going to show up? What is the light going to do? What, how? And, she can't, and I don't know what she's planning on doing. She just stares. And I don't know, I really wish I could just ask her, what do you think the light's going to do? And can I help you? <laughs> can I Yeah, and, and I mean, tell it, me it's what simple. you can tell, tell me what you want me to tell the light to do. I, you know, I can tell the light to go away. I can tell you to look away from the light. What do you, please tell me how to make light happening on the roof of a car an okay thing for you. And that's right. why I was investigating the psychology of it is because her emotional state is yes i can i can stop the behavior i can train the behavior away you know but that that need that that anxiety is not going to magically go away i mean it's it's just always it's it, whatever it is i unless i know what it is i can't fix it right well and sad to say if you do come up with a solution to that you're going to be you know a wiser woman than many, many, many who have come before you because... Oh, yeah, it wouldn't be me. Then yeah. You can talk to animals. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, you can guess, and e but even if you guess. So let's say we say, in her case, that she's obsessed with it because she wants to control her environment and she wants to control the light. Well, okay. So I sit down with Cody and I have a long-term conversation. I said, you can't control the light. I mean... <laughs> You can't. You can't stare the light out of existence. You can't stare the light into existence. You can't. There's not a damn thing that you're going to do that's going to make that light go away, come back, go right, go left. There's absolutely nothing you can. It's still not going to help. I mean, right. Right. It's, it's not going to be. It's not going to be helpful for her. So I don't think that necessarily makes a, a difference. So and just, yeah. and and I was the other thing I was going to point out is just so everybody understands. This is actually how dog trainers go about fixing complex behaviors that they've, yes. that they've never, either never faced before or that are incredibly complex. Yeah. We Any, talk to other people. We do. We well, talk to other people and go, <laughs> okay, so what, what would go wrong if I did this? We noodle through it and yes. we, can we, can have, we can talk all the behaviorism we want. We can talk about the simplicity of, oh, you punish a behavior you don't want to see again and you reward a behavior you do want to see again. And this is simple and it's black and white. But it's, if it was black and white, every, there would be no psychiatrists. Every, there'd be no psychiatrists. There'd be no dog trainers. Every student no... would be a straight A student. Um, 
we know for a fact that we think that we know for a fact that knowing things doesn't help in this case, <laughs> that, yeah, we, right. that we understand the science and the science is straightforward, but dogs aren't straightforward because as much as we want everything to be mathematical, it's, it's not mathematical. I, well, and I mean, the middle part of OCD is compulsive and compulsive means you do it without... It's a control. It's a control. Yeah, you don't have Yeah, you, you don't have control over that behavior. Um, you know, and if we knew why, right. it, it, we would we would probably be able to fix a lot of, lot of things. Well, humans um, too. And well, and, and yeah, no, absolutely. And humans well, too. And so bringing up humans, here's another thing. Habits and compulsions are. There's a fine line. Parts of the same continuum. Yeah. That's you a know, fine, fine line. Um, I, I chew, I chew ice. It makes my husband completely batshit crazy. He can hear me chewing ice in a different state. Like right now he's in Nevada and I just chewed ice. Every time I was muting this on this podcast, I was chewing ice. And my husband in Nevada is cringing. He may not know why he's cringing, but he's like, I hear ice. So (laughs) you can say that the behavior is a habit. And you can also say the behavior is compulsive because it upsets my husband and... (laughs) I still and you do, do it, it. Anyway. Yeah. So I thought that was just called being married. <laughs> but exact but if it was something I mean, it seems like something you'd easily stop, right? My husband doesn't like to hear it. I could stop it. But yeah, I don't. I can't. I and I don't like to say I can't because that's bullshit. I could. I've obviously chosen not to. But wow. it is enough of a habit that honestly, if I tr- if I did try, if I like said, This is it, I'm never chewing ice again. It would be a motherfucker, man. It would be hard. Yeah, no. And I mean, it would be hard as hell. It'd be, and, and, well, and I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who was talking about um, someone she knew who is like, well, you know, I'm addicted to to nicotine. Well, here's the thing about nicotine nicotine's chemical, the chemical dependence that occurs with nicotine is out of your system in 72 hours. Right. Any, then, it's the, then it's the habit that you're addicted any to. Any behaviors that occur after 72 hours have nothing to do with nicotine. Yep. They may have to do with the memory of nicotine, but the actual chemical dependency is gone. You are no more addicted to cigarettes at that point than you are addicted to any other behavior. Uh-huh. Brushing your hair in the morning, gambling, any of those things. But again, it's that whole antecedent arrangement mm-hmm. that predicts that behavior you know you've you've had a meal well you have a cigarette after you have a meal yes mm-hmm. you've you've gone out you know you're at a bar well you you'd smoke while you're at the bar you or you well in arizona you step outside and smoke but <laughs> you smoke it, because you stepped outside and you caught fire yeah <laughs> that is also a possibility currently um but it's that that trigger that happens that says oh this is what comes next and makes your brain go you need to do this you you need to do this um and you know i i have to think that there's a component of that with with the ocd too which is you know you see the light oh you have to you have to watch it you have to watch it you have to watch it because somewhere Um, there's because you're right because any because any behavior any behavior whether we call it good i'm putting those in air quotes or bad air quotes is on a continuum Right. And and a habit is is a compulsion that's not damaging our life. I mean, that's what we can assume. We can assume, that seems like a good definition. A I would habit, even argue that a ha- that a habit isn't even a compulsion. Um, I think right. a habit is a conscientious 
choice because I, that to me, a habit is something you do without thinking, right. but if it doesn't happen, you're able to move on from it. Like, you know, if your habit is that you get out of bed and you make the bed and then go on about your day and for whatever reason, like, you know, the smoke alarm, oh, whatever, say, yeah. went off. You, would and you, you wouldn't, you're right. You're like, right. it might bug you, but you can go on with your day. It's right. not like your day absolutely cannot continue forward until that bed is made. Because that would be, that would be. That would well, be a compulsion. Compulsion, yes. So, and so and for anybody out there who, who wants to understand these things more, wants to understand, because I, it, it's important for anything. It's a habit is both good and bad. Um, and a compulsion is, is the far extreme of a habit. And it, there's two great books and I'm going to be able to Google them. I'm going to be able to put links in the show notes. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> is, um, I believe it's called The Power of Habit. And of course, I forgot the name of the author because that's how I roll. And the other one is about the elasticity of our brains. And I, I can't even begin to remember the name of that book. But it's, they're both fascinating books. And they both talk about how the brain... And, and we're going to, this is all extrapolated from rodents. So going with the idea that all mammals are related and that there is no reason to believe that there's a sharp divergence between quote unquote animals and humans, because we are part of a continuum as well. There is no reason to believe that this is not true in humans. And all the research shows that it is in fact true in humans, but you can't, it's really distasteful. People get really pissy when you chop their brains up they don't they get really snotty about it so so some of the research has not been done in humans most of it's been done in rodents who, don't who also have, may get pissy when they you chop pissy, their brains up but, but they, they lack they lack the ability to communicate such things. yes they they don't have much of a voice sadly once we once we give the rodents the vote man world will change so anyway oh i just almost made a really Anyway, don't do it. Don't go there. Yeah, Wherever no, you're going, don't going go. There. Walk away. I'm Walk away. Going. So anyway, there. What they've shown, and this is the brain is incredibly lazy, and because the brain is incredibly lazy, it wants to create habits. That is what it wants to do, because if we had to think about every single thing that we did all day, we would we would tap out our brains. We'd be exhausted. And I mean, if you had to think every time you had to slow down your car, oh, I must lift up my foot. And I must take it off of the gas. And now I need to move my foot over. And now I need to put my foot down. Like you do when you're a teenager. Uh -huh. you'd, be, you'd be tired. You, you know how hard it is when you're concentrating to learn something new. And then that new thing becomes easy. Because muscle memory and the elasticity of the brain has actually changed the relationship of the neurons and words brain things that that I'm getting out of my depth um that it's changed it's changed how the brain is actually built it changes the actual physical geology geometry g geography geography <laughs> if I just I kept like, going I... down the g's I'd get it the physical changes the physical geography of the brain and it makes things quicker and easier to go down that channel, which is why people who quit habits find themselves halfway through lighting a cigarette without, without even knowing it. Right. Or you right. find or, your, or those times that you drive home from I, work that's and don't remember say. it. Exactly. Or you find yourself yep. arriving in Phoenix, not remembering Casa Grande. 
Because, well, you barely remember Good. Casa Grande anyway. <laughs> God, that happens more than I care to admit. Oh, exactly. Lordy. So For anybody that, if anybody that's listening that's not here, that's the only thing between Tucson and Phoenix. Yeah, about 100 miles. That's the only other town. Yeah. yeah, 100-mile range. And of also, not your a, only chance to pee. Of not attractive desert. Of yes. pretty unattractive, boring yeah. scenery. So anyway... What that, what that tells us is so the, the behaviors that we're seeing that we are calling compulsions in dogs and in, in humans, but I'm going to say dogs because I don't know jack shit about humans, are exactly the same behaviors that were put into the brain um, that were designed as part of the, the brain to expedite life so that you don't have to think every single time you do things. So you don't have to think right. how to pedal a bike. You don't have to think about killing a bird if you're a cat. You don't have to think about chasing a rabbit if you're a dog. That behavior has become habitual. And, but then what happens is somewhere magically in certain individuals and in dogs, we've bred certain traits into certain breeds where now those habits are much more likely to flip over and become obsessive. Yep. And we've bred that into dogs. And we know we've bred that into dogs, which tells us it's... I always love when people are like, I wonder if this is genetic. And I'm looking at every single dog in a breed going, well, fuck yeah, dude. You know, it's like, it's hypothyroidism genetic. I'm like, Labradors. Yep. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Like, there is... I'm sorry. I'm sorry, breed people. But you you got to do better. I'm sorry. you just got to do better. There are things that are, like... Yeah, it's it, and it's been so funny when people are like, "Well, do you know if that's gen- well?" Look at dog breeds. Do- stop looking at people because that is hard. Look at uh-huh. dogs, and if you can see, if you see that cardiomyopathy happens in what Cavalier King Spaniels uh-huh. and it, that ding 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 ding, <laughs> they're not more stressed. They're not. It's yeah. genetic, dude. So anyway, we the same thing is absolutely true with with behavior, which I know horrifies people because they like to think that every single thing they do is absolutely conscious and absolutely under control. But guess what, folks? It ain't. And because genetically we have pre-programmed predispositions that lead us in certain directions. Now, having said that, we A, know that, say, if I buy a Border Collie puppy or a German Shepherd puppy or a really high-drive Labrador puppy, that maybe I shouldn't start off playing ball with them with no direct parameters for when that will occur because I will create a compulsion. Right. That does not mean they are going to have a compulsion. It simply means that I know that they have a a predisposition to that compulsion. And if I act accordingly and do everything right, which of course you only discover after you've fucked up the dog and realize, oops, I shouldn't have done this. Um, But after you've done that 20 times, then that dog, the one you get when you're 80, is the one that's perfect because you set everything up right. So even though Tag has the absolute hardwiring in her brain to be compulsive because we've put that in border collies, for whatever reason, that needs to come part and parcel with herding behavior. Yeah. It's, it's a ride-along. It's a, it's a tag-along. That it, she, The behavior that I want for herding, for whatever reason, is linked in the brain to the same behavior that's going to create compulsive behaviors. 
And we know that because when we discuss it, we talked about German shepherds, we talked about border collies, we talked about Australian shepherds. We didn't talk a lot about healers because, well, they just bite people. Um, the breeds and that's, that, their, that's, <laughs> that's their compulsion. They're actually alligators. We talk about herding, certain herding lines. And, but that is not, tag does not have compulsions because I was very careful to create incredibly clear windows of opportunity for her. She knows when some certain things are on the table and when certain things are not on the table. And if they're not on the table, they're not on the table, period, ever, ever. You don't get to play tennis ball in the house. You don't get to chase the hose unless I release you to go chase the hose. Well, folks, Emily's computer died, so we are not doing a fancy outro. Um, that's all she wrote. So have a great week, and we'll see you, ne see you next week. Uh, we want to thank the three people, this is so exciting, who gave us five stars on iTunes. I don't know how to look at ratings on other podcast venues, but I just want to thank everybody who listens, and we'll see you guys all next week. Have a great week, and happy training.